Hello and welcome to the Boy and the Bear podcast. Much as we hate to admit it, we've all got friends on the other side of the Clyde. I'm Patrick and I support Celtic. And I'm Scott and I support Rangers, but to keep things on track, our good friend Steve is here to stop us from falling out. Or more accurately, find questions that I know will divide these two and then get to sit back and enjoy. I'm here to referee this podcast, decide who wins the weekly debates and stop this podcast going off the rails. What we like to do at the start of these episodes is for Patrick and Scott to provide a compliment for each other. Now, I get to decide who goes first based on the weekend result. I don't think you can go against Celtic winning against probably the team that's favourites to finish third away from home. Seeing that as a bit of a sticky wicket, so Pat, you get to go first, mate. Did you just say the word sticky wicket? I did say the word sticky wicket. That was a panic. A panic. I said sticky and I was like the only thing I can say is wicked. Might as well have said sticky Vicky at that point. <laughs> You'd like that though, wouldn't you, as a Rangers fan? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I oh, I'm so honoured that I get to go first and compliment can, can, can we just say before you give your compliment out that I really, really wish we had a video format of this podcast because Scott has done a cracking Alan McGregor lookalike and that would have been my compliment for the week. Oh. <laughs> I'm proud to wear an orange there, Scotty. I've had a hard time since retiring, boys, all right? Uh, my compliment, begrudgingly, is uh, I'd like to congratulate the Rangers on their second half performance against Livingston. I think, Scott, you'll probably agree that's much more like it. Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. But thank you for your compliment, Pat. You are fucking miserable, by the way. Me, I'm a miserable <laughs> bastard. Absolutely. Four, four <laughs> new signings, score goals, and a clean sheet performance in your first game at Ibrox in the yep. league. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just trying to temper expectations. What do you want from me? Yeah. He's trying to copy Alan McGregor's personality. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get out my road. It's shit. <laughs> no, but thank you very much, Patrick. That's, that's really nice of you. Um... I'm struggling this week. How are you struggling this week? When it was- <laughs> I don't, I don't know, how, right? How are you struggling? We went away to Aberdeen one. I know, but Why is it's it so hard for you just to admit that's a fantastic. But it's result? an easy win for you. Like Aberdeen's basically your feeder team at this point. You've said last week you you sent Liam Scales here, so he's not gone. Ah, he's not at Aberdeen, mate. Is he not? Oh, well, there we go. I don't know. So how, okay, right. Team point. Okay, mate. <laughs> I'll give you your compliment this week. <laughs> a misinformed Rangers fan. I never oh, thought I'd see the day. Oh, I. Oh, I. Um, I'm going to say ability to score goals against anybody. There we go. That's that's a compliment for this week. You've just made that up. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. We're not moving on until you think a proper oh, one. For fuck's sake. That's shite. The integrity of this podcast and you're five minutes in. Come on. I reckon that's a yellow card. Aye, <laughs> agreed. I'll take a two-match ban. <laughs> um, just a podcast called The Boy and the Mediator <laughs> I would like to compliment you This is uh, great for an audio production Yeah, sorry, I'm really fucking sorry I've I, I, not done my research, I have to admit I'm so sorry, I haven't done my research this week I've let everybody down I'll accept my two minutes to congratulate band. Kyogo um, on a great finish How about that? Shall I give you one? Aye, we'll go for that. Fucking great finish. Continues to bag them. Brilliant player. There we go. You, you've, you've not seen the highlights, have no. you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Do you know what, actually? No, fuck you, Scott. Pat's getting a point. That's fine. That's fine. I think that's it. 
I'd rather, rather than me get a point, I think Scott's lost one. Yeah, well, moving swiftly on to the highlights that Scott hasn't seen, the next part we want to talk about is the weekend results. So, Pat, Aberdeen away, I'll let you uh, I'll let you go first, since Scott will have no clue about this game. It was a very typical Celtic-Aberdeen game away at Pataudry, I thought. It was cagey when Aberdeen equalised, you feared the worst. The crowd was right up, they were right up for it. They sort of felt like, it felt like a really tough fixture coming really, really early in the season. It is an absolute defensive horror show that lets Kyle go in to get us back in front swiftly. But what was really encouraging about that is that was a trait that we had under Ange. Was if if a team scored first or if they equalised, we'd we'd often regain the lead or equalise really really quickly after. And I think this was only three and a half minutes after we after Aberdeen scored, we went back up the pitch and scored again. So it's really really encouraging to see that they're they're still playing ruthlessly and they're still concentrating on just getting the ball back in the net as quickly as they possibly can. Um, I was really pleased with it. I, I still don't think they've fully clicked. I still don't think we're going to see anywhere near the best of what Rodgers is going to bring until later in the season, but you can't really complain at a 3-1 win in Pataudry. Like you say, I, I agree with you. I think Aberdeen will finish third this season. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great result. You should watch highlights, Scott. Yeah, no. I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking last week, Pat, about your uh, your new centre back. Was the defensive unit as a whole seem like they've been playing together quite a while, or was it still a bit shaky? Still a bit patchwork, and Carter Vickers went off injured in the second half, and Stephen Welsh was coming back on. And to be fair, I actually thought he looked really good. Um, it was quite nice to be reminded of what he might still have to offer. I really am a I'm a fan of. I think it's Navroki, or Naroki. We'll call him Rocky for short. He looks. I hate to say this, solid as a rock. Uh, oh but I hope that gets cut. It won't. But it's been it's promising. It's looking good. I still think we need some reinforcements in, particularly if Carter Vickers is on injured for a long time. That's an absolute disaster. But no, I've no real complaints to the defensive performance this time around. Aberdeen's goal was a very very good one. Again, the only criticism we can maybe have is Joe Hart probably could have come off his line a little bit quicker. Definitely need a new keeper. Some goal though. It was a great goal. I think you need a keeper for him. Um, I, I really hope I'm wrong. You know, I do want to see Scottish teams do well in Europe, but it worries me, Joe Hart, in Europe now. Yeah, I'm it starting to get me. a bit concerned about it. But I thought, just... did you guys not sign Tigris last year? Yeah, and I really thought he'd challenge this year, but by all accounts, unimpressive in pre season. Really? You feel like if he was good enough, he probably would have been given his chance by now, and mm. it's not. You really want me to move on to Rangers Livingston, don't you? Aye. You watched the highlights? I did, yes. Yes, I did, yes. Thoughts? So I would say, you know, can't really argue with a 4 0 win at home. I think second half performance was really good. Um, but first half, I think there's still that problem we have where, you know, and something doesn't go quite right for us, like Sefuentes' goal gets cut off and then we stop playing for a period of time and allow the other team back in. And I think that's that's caught us out in the past so that's the only concern I would say that's kind of still lingering but it's nice to see all the new boys get on the hat on the score sheet and contribute and I think that'll do us the world of good going forward what did you think of the European game? first half I thought Jesus this is this going to be like, this is going to be over you know and then again as we saw with Livingston we, something happens Lammers doesn't score that third goal they get a penalty and then 
we're back to scratching our heads, wondering what, how to play or how to break the team down. And I just felt like we retreated into our shell, and we've been doing that a lot, you know, for the in the last number. Like well, I would say, yeah, I would say since Gerard, yes, like Gerard, Gio, Beal, we've all we've had that moment where we looked really good, we played nice football, we're attacking, scoring goals. And then something happens, we just stop. And it takes us a wee while to get going again. Scotty, one thing I, I picked up when I was watching the game is, what is Todd Campbell's position? Does he just get to roam around? Is he is he, is he relying on Raskin and Jack almost in that game? What's your thoughts on him at the start of the season? I, I think pre-season, he, like, he was moved about to try and accommodate Lammers and him playing more out wide. It's not, it's not his position. You know, you watch him last season, the, the couple of games this season... And he just, you're right, he does have that f- kind of free roam just to play about in the mid middle of the park. I think he's really good at pressing. I think his pressing game's underrated. I think that sets us up, allows Raskin with his passing ability to not be that sole reliant midfielder in midfield. Um, I think he, it's difficult because you can't really label him as a 10, a 6 or an 8. He's just there he's just covered he covers a lot of ground can't mill and I think that's what we need I think we've missed that somebody just to cover ground and not not be afraid to put a tackle in no the reason the reason I was asking is if um, obviously there's been a lot of chat about David Turnbull playing that 10 role for Celtic yep. and, and it's not gone past me that Todd Campbell is probably the perfect player to do that for Celtic if you were like on that Roger system I just think he would fit that that mold perfectly and Pat's I know you'd say David Turnbull and things like that, but Todd Campbell would be unbelievable that for Roger he's an unbelievable player is he? Oh, he's brilliant, mate. He's brilliant. Take your green tinted specs off. Brilliant player. Alright. Like we could do we could do with Kyogo in our team, you know, up up front. I don't think Todd Cantwell gets a game over Turnbull in current form or Hatate or O'Reilly. Wow. I think he's a good well, that's a bold, I think he's a good player. Wow. That's a bold claim, mate. Jesus. Well, just, just moving on from that, obviously Rangers um at a time of recording this have got their second leg this week. But Pat, where do you stand on this? Do you think Celtic will do better than Rangers this season? In Europe? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm feeling quite good about Europe this season. It it does largely depend on the Champions League group that we get. Um, if, the, if the question is who's going to go further in Europe this season, then Rangers have obviously got still a lot of work to do. You know, that question could be answered in a couple of weeks if they don't qualify. So, yeah. The, the case will be closed and Celtic are starting with a massive advantage sorry Pat what seed are Celtic for the group will either be third or fourth seeds most likely fourth seeds to be honest depending on who qualifies uh, if you get a kind draw there's no reason why Celtic can't finish second or third I'm going to say I think finishing fourth it wouldn't be a disappointment because I guess it's a new manager starting again and if Ange couldn't do it there's a lot for Rodgers to do and prove it does depend on that Draw. And what what would you what do you think would be the difference this season compared to last season? Maybe a slightly more pragmatic approach. I know Rogers wasn't famous for that in his first spell in charge, but he's certainly more pragmatic and possession based than Postecoglou was. It's all about trying to keep the goals out at the other end. Do you think though his time with Leicester in the Conference League will have maybe helped him in Europe a bit more? Yeah, I mean the more experience you get in Europe as a manager, the the better, right? It's a shame it's not Champions League experience because I think he's still got a lot to prove in the Champions League. But he's come back here and he said that that is his mission. You know, he's attacking this season with 
that in mind, he's come back to make an impact in Europe. And, you know, we've got to take him at face value and hope we can do that. I think we're still a few signings away from doing so. The season's still young. If you're asking me who I think will go further in Europe this season, I'm going to go with Celtic. Scotty, if you get knocked out this week, do you go into the... Is there one qualifier you've got to do for Europa or are you straight into the group stage? No, it's, I think it's one qualifier because I think if we get through this one then get knocked out by PSV we're straight into Europa League so I think we've got a playoff kind of round if we get knocked out I think PSV are a much better side than they were last year and they're, they're obviously looking like opponents that we're going to be playing if we get through Servette um, so it's going to be difficult I expect us to be in the Europa League if I'm being honest I don't know if we'll really get past PSV just because they look a much better side than us at the moment Obviously, it took a monumental effort for us last year to beat them, um, and I do think we've still we've got a whole bunch of new players still trying to find their feet and play with each other. So I think it'll be a, a harder task. So I expect this to not to be a a Debbie Downer, but I think we'll be <laughs> a Debbie who um, a Debbie Downer. Who's who's he play for? Uh, Saint Mirren, <laughs> centre half. <laughs> I've, I've got another question for you yeah what would you define as more successful qualifying for the Champions League group stage and then doing your best to beat your uh, your record of the worst team in the Champions League history or qualifying for the Europa League and actually having a fighting chance of of, uh, of getting through some rounds I, th- I think it's the, I think for obviously monetary value Champions League you know wins hands down but in terms of enjoyment factor like you said, progressing. We know the Europa League quite well. You know, we've been regular participants. So I think from a, an enjoyment element, I would go with the Europa League. But obviously, cash value, Champions League is, is superior. So you ideally want to be in there. I would, I would, but to answer your question, I would think Europa League success would would be more. I'm the same. I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a run in Europe, in the Europa League or the Conference League. Yeah, finish fourth of the Champions League group. The horrible, yeah. the horrible thing about that with Scottish football is that sometimes you can get into the Europa League and then get papped out of that, and it just seems a million times worse again papped out of the Champions League. What happened to Celtic? Oh, that that's right. Celtic did that. Oh, that's a shame. Was it three? When? Three competitions. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. yeah, the only 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 club in European history to to achieve that feat. What a fuck it. That's brilliant, boys. Yeah, well done, boys. <laughs> only because we started in the top one. I bet you got papped out though in the first round. So you lost in uh, two European competitions last season. Ah, we've lost the progress. That's all right. In fact, you didn't even play in two competitions last season. You're the worst team of all time. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, think it does. got... I think it does a little bit though. Uh, we still didn't get papped out of three competitions, so that's on you, boys. Eh? It's a good thing uh, Rangers coefficient means that Celtic can't get papped out of three competitions now. You're welcome. I don't really see how getting. Losing in three competitions that you're not expected to win I, anyway oh, is a problem. There we go. Denial, denial, denial of my old friend. No, it's a separate point. I'm saying I don't it's know. Not. No, listen. How is getting knocked out of the Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League, which we're not expected to, you know, unless we won one of those, we'd have been getting knocked out of all three of them anyway. So where is the where are you taking the gloating or the bragging rights from that? It's the fact that you've just been papped out of three European competitions yeah. with no success in either one of them. But were we expected to win any of them in the first place? But the Conference League, you should be expecting to get to the final. Or Why? the semis. Because it's the easiest competition in Europe to win. You're giving a very narrow-viewed uh, answer to that question, Pat. Surely 
you should be if you get out of any of those group stages of the Europa League or Champions League you can't then get into the Conference League so surely you should have just qualified at the group stage of the Europa League yeah definitely I'm not saying it wasn't a poor season but I don't really know why it's a it's a laughing matter because like, it's every... funny because it's funny it's funny you get papped out of three European competitions because your team's dud at that point you know that's funny to me. Oh, it's like you guys find it, you guys find it funny when we get battered at Liverpool, you know. So I made a frame about it, didn't they? Yeah, your club saw the DVD about losing in a oh, final. So. Right, you've, so you've used that same joke in two episodes. You got anything else? Yeah, no, that's it. That's just the same joke I'm going to be using. Like you keep using the same pish every weekend. Okay. Oh, your team died. Your team died. I've not said that once in this podcast. Yeah, you've definitely said it. In the pilot episodes, he said it. Yep, they're not out. Ah well. Same thing. You've got the editing power in mind. You can just cut all these. <laughs> I cut you out entirely. <laughs> please, please, uh, please actually, do. I think the best thing that came out of your mouth there was Debbie Downer. I think we should just cut the rest and just keep Debbie Downer in it. So, Scotty, what's the answer to your question now? You've just opened your gums for about 10 minutes. Celtic or Rangers? Celtic. Oh, you <laughs> fucker. I think, they'll get, I think they'll do well in... Champions League. I don't. I think we'll get into Europa League, but I think that's it. So there we go. There's a wee spanner in the works for you boys. Eh? You've actually, really... you've actually just handed this episode to Celtic by not preparing a compliment and by giving the second point to them without me having to have my casting vote. I I, I applauded. What was the question again? Did you say <laughs> succeed or lose? What did you say? To be honest, I've had a shocker this week, boys. Sorry, mate. It's uh. That's it settled now. 2-0 Celtic. We move on. I wanted to get your opinions on, first of all, do you think Rangers and Celtic should move down to England? And secondly on that, how you realistically think those clubs would fare down there. Scotty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you open up the floor with this one, mate. I think both would okay I think both could survive um, down in England I think the fan base is there for both clubs to thrive you know the bigger numbers and support bases than the large majority of teams down south I think the only two teams that have got a bigger or similar level of fan base is Liverpool and Manchester United you know so I think from that alone that would bring an investment you know you see all these American business people coming over to buy teams like Birmingham I think Rangers and Celtic would be immediately an attractive prospect so I think they would do okay I'm not going to sit here and say oh they're going to go and smash the Premier League that would just be stupid and naive I think for the first two or three seasons they would be languishing at the bottom you know like fighting off relegation between what like 15th and 20th obviously you get a lot more money down there you get a better player pool as well so I think a couple of seasons we would then start attracting players of a higher caliber and I think we would work our way up what's your um what should would you want Rangers to move down to England or are you quite happy staying in Scotland there's a part of me that wants to move um just for the riches and for you know a chance to play at a higher level but there is something unique about Scottish football and I would like us to try and to improve the game up here before you know if, if, if we keep 
hitting roadblocks or stumbling blocks in terms of not being able to progress the game up here, then I think a reasonable avenue would be looking to go down south. Mm. No, that, that. listen, just to, just to back up some of the stuff you said there, Scotty, um, domestically, you're correct. Um, Manchester United and Liverpool are, in the UK, the only two higher-supported teams. Um, with Celtic and Rangers third and fourth in that. But when you look at worldwide statistics based on a recent report done, Rangers and Celtic actually slipped to seventh, with Celtic being seventh in that, just for clarity, and Rangers being eighth um, in the top ten of UK-based teams. Above that, you've got Man United first, Liverpool second, Arsenal third, Chelsea fourth, Man City fifth, and Tottenham sixth. Man City having a bigger fan... Was that a bigger fan base? Yep, worldwide Uh, fan base, yep. That can't be right. Man City are not a bigger club than... Celtic Rangers, no chance. I don't think they're a bigger club, but I think because the Premier League has, no way. I think because the Premier League has such a worldwide appeal. You know, America, Japan. There's a Celtic China. Rangers bar in every country in the world. Do you get your stats off Google? I, I did, mate. Yeah, <laughs> those are um, accurate fan engagement statistics um, from official club sources. So careful, Scotty. They're accurate fan engagement statistics. Oh, from from so, official so club yeah. sources. Can I just say? Oh, careful, Scotty. Oh. They're, oh, they're official. I didn't. I didn't realise Ross Wilson was feeding you information, mate. I think if you went, I, I think if you went to any other continent on the world now, Manchester City tops would appear far more than Celtic and Rangers. And I think we have to be realistic about that, boys. Like, let's not get carried away here. You go to America now. That doesn't make them a doesn't make them a fan. It just means they've got their top. That literally is the definition of a fan, mate. What having their top? Having their top supporting a club. That's the definition of a fan. How is that the definition of being a fan? Because they support that team. Just because they've got a top. I've got a I've got a Panathinaikos top in my drawer. It doesn't mean I'm a fan of them. No, but you would active. Do you actively engage in watching Panathinaikos games? No. Well, these people do engage in Premier League football. You just said it was by the metric of buying a top. <laughs> Please note that these rankings can change over time, but they are based on factors including team, <laughs> including team performance in relation to fan retention, marketing efforts, and social media presence. For the most up-to-date information, I recommend checking recent fan engagement statistics. However, these are from official club sources. I can't actually believe you're you're thinking that the current European champions who have spent the last 10 years on a worldwide marketing global fan-based scale... Plastic. I'm not disagreeing with that. You, you know my thoughts on this. But you cannot sit back now and say that Celtic and Rangers are bigger than Manchester City. You can't... You, you, there's no law... You said they had a bigger fan base. We sell out our stadiums. That, that, that's, he's that's, humped. He's humped. that's irrelevant to the overall fan base I'm not humped that's a, such a narrow minded view we don't live in a world anymore the boy and the bear have turned on the mediator <laughs> you can turn on me all you want in a, in a plot twist <laughs> you can turn on me any day of the week boys I'll string you up Woo. do you know that no Premier League team in England have to have fans in the stadium to turn yeah, a but profit? that doesn't make them big clubs that makes them rich clubs yeah. there's a difference between rich clubs yeah. and big clubs Celtic and exactly. Rangers are far bigger than Manchester City where do you where do you get your um where do you get your finances from? Well, actually, for Celtic and for Celtic and Rangers, it's probably attendances. Stephen, so is it not though? There's a there's not like something done that a study that showed that Scottish football fans actually actually have the highest gate numbers in the whole of UK and Europe. Right, so you know if we had the same TV deal, the same glamour that the Premier League does, Scottish football would would be up there. But it's unfortunate that we are competing. So why do you want to leave? Because we're because we're surrounded by charlatans that earn four hundred thousand pounds a year and do absolutely hee haw to improve the game up here. Again, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> the only reason you want to leave is because the money. Let's be honest, right? That's the only reason you want to leave. I don't think it gives so. us a better. No, I don't. No, but 
I think you do because it, you know you look at Rangers and Celtic in Champions League. Look at Rangers last year, getting scalped off three teams. You know who have got a higher speak for yourself transfer budget than us. So I I just think that's the only that's one of the main if not the only reason you want to go down and play in England. Which is there not a part of you though, Pat? Sorry, I will come to you on this, but is there surely Scott? There's a part of you that would be farming. Surely you would be more inclined. Not just to watch your own team, but you'd be more inclined to watch Celtic Liverpool. Yeah. So that's I'm not money. Would. That's fan engagement. That's that's enjoyment of the game. Like, but then you can never get it in the Champions League, and that's what, that makes that a properly special night. I thought I would agree with Scott on this, so I'm kind of I'm surprised that he's taking the opposite viewpoint. I I don't want Celtic or Rangers to go to the Premier League. Um, and that's I'll stop that point there because I'm proud that we play in Scotland and I, I agree with Scott in that I think we can do more to promote our own game and I think the English Premier League bubble will burst soon and you're starting to see that with the Saudi Arabian uh, market growing and I'm proud not to be a part of it to be honest but if they did go down you look at Cardiff and Swansea who both had relatively successful seasons in the Premier League until they were relegated they are tiny clubs in comparison to Rangers and Celtic. Tiny, tiny clubs. I st- <laughs> I would still die on the hill that Celtic and Rangers are bigger clubs than Man City who can't even fill their own stadium despite being the champions of Europe. If you gave Celtic and Rangers with the fan bases that they've got and the worldwide profile that they've got and the history that they've got... Well, Rangers had history until a point. Oh, you, you, you sorry, it's been bookmarked, mate. You said it. That's it. I've used it now. <laughs> if if you put those two clubs into the English Premier League after three or four seasons of getting up to speed with the league and the finances and how the deals work, those clubs would be top four clubs or challenging for top four every single season. And there's no two ways about it because they have the money, they have the fans, they have the power. And that is the reason why they're currently not there. There's a reason that the English media and the English teams don't want to have two giant teams jump into their league. I agree with you. I agree with you there, Pat. Just to go back to your original point, was you're you're proud of of being in Scottish football? And listen, I, I get that, and um, you think that you could be doing more for Scottish football as a whole. Currently, um, in two thousand eighteen, a study was done that showed that Celtic make up thirty six point five percent of the crowd attendances at Scottish games, with Rangers being twenty seven point four percent. Just to put that in perspective, that makes Celtic the highest team in world football for spectator um, percentage for one club how how can you have a situation where two clubs have over 50% of the of the national supporters going to games week in week out and expect to grow Scottish football surely the only way to do that would be to have though, to have less Celtic and Rangers fans or have more fans of the other clubs but how do you do that when you've got when you've already got a case where we're the highest attended football nation in Europe well Celtic and Rangers will always be the two biggest clubs in Scotland but if the other clubs perform what you always see is an increase in attendances when the when the smaller clubs do better you know like I remember going to Tynecastle and they couldn't fill all their stands and now it's it's pretty much sold out most weeks because the team are doing well and they're actually putting up a fight Hibs are a team that the fans will arrive when the, the team play well look at Steve Clark's Kilmarnock when the team were successful and put in a good product on the pitch, 
They were selling out their stadium. They cut their allocation. It, it it shows it can be done, but it needs these clubs to perform at a higher level. And listen, I think Celtic and Rangers could be much more cooperative with the rest of the league in terms of growing the game. It's a real bugbear of mine. I think they could be more cooperative with each other. I think cutting allocations is definitely a matter for another podcast, but also a total joke. But my answer to this question is there is a reason why we're not there already, and that's because the English clubs don't want us there, because they know how big these two teams are. Where would you stand then if the Super League was to come back in a different format, which I think we all expect to happen at some point, and Celtic and Rangers, as muted before, were to be invited to that, and it was a combination of all European clubs, where would you both stand on that? I don't I don't like the idea of a Super League. I, th- I think you've got the European competitions. I think that is where the excitement comes in. I think... No, but sorry, so, sorry, just, just to clarify, I'm talking about the European competition wouldn't be there. Yeah, I know, that's what I mean. Like, I like I like the fact that you're at Champions League, Europa League, Conference League every season. I think it's something exciting because, you know, you might have Rangers versus AC Milan or Celtic versus Real Madrid. That's exciting because it only happens twice every couple of years. Whereas, I think it would lose its appeal. They're already wanting to restructure the Champions League for that exact reason because all the big teams are getting bored of it because they've essentially bought the competition so that no one else can come and spring a surprise package anymore. I just, I just think, I think keep it the way it is. I don't think a European Super League is is fire. I just don't think it's worthwhile. But again, it's probably going to happen because the European superpowers are going to try to compete with the Saudi League, and I think all the, you know, all the B like countries, you know, are going to have to. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to rally together and create their own league, or I, d- I don't know. I just thought it was a, I just thought it was an interesting point. And no, something it's... That, it's actually something we've not really talked about outside this podcast. I just look at it as a as a neutral fan. I want Rangers and Celtic to do as well as possible, not domestically, because for me, I, it's it's a no brainer. It's going to be first and second. I mean, what's it been now? Forty years since someone didn't finish first and second. I think it is last season. Not not first and second. Sorry, since someone else won the league, actually, you're sorry, Pat. Stand yeah. corrected, but because I forgot Rangers weren't there for quite a while, but um, and, and still finished third a couple of times. I'm yeah, not biting. You don't need to. It was a fact. My point is, is that I don't look at the Scottish football domestically and say, "Oh, well, that's that's going to happen. That's success." We ha- as neutrals have to wait to see how you guys get on in Europe, and inevitably, seven times out of ten, it's a failure for Scottish football. And we talk about this, and we this subject creeps up and. F- I just wanted to gauge your guys' thoughts on I'm sick of putting on talk sport and hearing an Ali McCoyst having to defend how big Rangers and Celtic are when we know how big they actually are because we live here, we live and breathe it and I I would love the opportunity to have if world football structures to change in the next 5-10 years I'd love Scottish football to be at the forefront of that and I actually would like to see how it would benefit clubs like Hibs and Hearts and I agree with you but I also don't think my barometer of how proud I am of Scottish football doesn't lie with what talk sport have to say about us, you know. We, it doesn't need defending. People just don't understand it. It's though it's. I think we suffer from a lot of English media trying to talk down our game when actually we don't care and they don't understand how great Scottish football is and how chaotic and mental it can be and how funny the news stories are. It's a unique, it's um, a unique league, you know. You can take your Premier League and your glamour ties and your plastic fans and your half and half scarves and you can shove them up your arse because our our Scottish game is absolutely brilliant and I wouldn't change it for the world. That is the first time I'm going to agree with Patrick. Maybe never again, but that is exactly what I 
my thoughts. You're giving, you're fucking giving him two points tonight. I know, but <laughs> I'm just being honest. You know, that's the whole point of this is to be honest. You know. Well, I actually, to be honest, boys, I kind of changed the word of this. I was going to ask who was who like better, but <laughs> considering <laughs> considering Scott's already handicapped the match, I just um I just thought I'd open that one up for debate because I, I think we'd all agree that this uh, subject of um how world football is going to change is not going anywhere anytime soon. I have prepared a question, you'd be pleased to know, and it is only just one question. So, Patrick, can you name the fourth most expensive Celtic signing? So what you've done... (laughs) (laughs) You've taken the question that I prepared last week for you, and you've changed the number. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely everything wrong with that. No, there's not. No. Challenge accepted, Scotty. So I think working it out out loud. Yeah, give us your thoughts. Edward's most expensive, nine-ish million. Yep. After that, you've got Sutton and or Hartson in second or third because they were six million each. Right, okay. Ah. Oh, there's a. F- I think there's a five million pound player in there somewhere, but I'm struggling to think of who that might be. I know. Got I think I thoughts? know. I think I know who the next one down is. I know that Scott Brown was four point four million, and that's quite a big outlay for Celtic. But I'm now starting to wonder. I mean, I think Barkas was four million or something. That's pretty terrifying. Okay. Um, Do you know the answer, Scott? I've got it right in front of me. Man, we had Jota. We had right, so you got you. Oh. So you got. Who have you got first? Then Edward's first. Who's your s- number two? Talk us through. Like if you. So you number two, I think is Chris, in the region is six million. It'll be Sutton and or Hartson. I think they both have okay. about six million each. And then four. There's been a lot of spending recently. Like, I'm gonna. I think I'm. I think I'm wrong. I'm gonna go with Scott Brown. Four point four mil. Yeah, you're incorrect, my friend. It's Chris Sutton. Really? Yeah, six million. Oh, top me three. So, in fifth place, John Hartson at six million. Mm. Fourth is Chris Sutton at six million. Mm. Third is Jota at six and a half. Yeah, I thought. Jota and then about that. this was a surprise. Christopher Julian, seven point one million. Oh, forgot wow. about him. And then obviously you were correct with Edward being nine million. So, all I'll say, lads, is that was a great question. Yeah, Get it up, you both. I'm glad I prepared it for you last week. Yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> Thanks for doing the legwork, you know. <laughs> no problem, mate. <laughs> well, Scott, for the for the consolation the, uh, goal this episode, he's already lost. In the that's sort of what I meant by that. <laughs> in the two thousand and two two thousand and three UEFA Cup, Rangers were knocked out by unknown side FK Victoria Zizkov. Where did FK Victoria Zizkov come from? Good question. It's uh, I would say an Eastern European side. I'm gonna go with that. So far, that's my thinking of that. Can't wait for Pat to be asked next week where Celtic got knocked out in the old five or six season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely correct. It's already working there, you know. <laughs> um, well, I'm gonna say Poland. Final answer. Give me the name again. Sorry, give me the name. F K Victoria. Zitzkov. 
Sounds like Stephen trying to eat cereal. <laughs> <laughs> or try to pronounce Biscoff. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, um, just you focus on thinking of more countries than Poland than Europe, mate. <laughs> this is what the, <laughs> this is one answer eh? when you ask him a country it's uh, Poland <laughs> I love Poland it's a great country uh, <laughs> no yeah Poland final answer incorrect Ooh. it was uh, at the time it was Czech Republic obviously now they're Czechia um, do you want a little bit of information oh uh, yeah we love that yeah in the first leg Rangers lost 2-0 away to FK Victoria Zizkov with captain Barry Ferguson missing a penalty in the second leg Rangers won 3-1 after extra time with De Boer and McCann scoring but they lost on away goals got put out Rangers got a penalty in a game so as we announced on last week's podcast every week we are going to give our predictions for the games coming up for both Rangers and Celtic Stephen correctly predicting that Rangers would beat Livingston 4-0 that's that's you (laughs) say me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm allowed to speak in third person thank you very much I got four points last week for predicting that Rangers would beat Livingston 4-0 Scotty got um, three points for predicting that Celtic would beat Aberdeen 3-1 and Pat got two points for correcting eh, for correctly saying that Rangers and Celtic would both win so this week coming up we have Rangers versus Morton and Celtic versus Kilmarnock in the League Cup. So, Scotty, you're joint with me at the top, so you get to go first, mate. Predictions for Rangers Morton and then predictions for Celtic Kilmarnock, please. Thank you. I think it's going to be a routine win for Rangers against Morton, so I'm going to go 4-0 Rangers. Uh, I think Celtic and Killian might be a bit more of a tricky, stuffy affair for Celtic, but I still think they'll win, so I'm going to say 3-1. For Celtic, Oft. Paddy boy, I'm gonna go Rangers three, Martin nil, and I'm gonna go Kilmarnock nil, Celtic four. Well, nice. I think both teams will play reserve teams. I think Rangers will win three nil, and I actually think the Celtic game is gonna be a lot closer because I think Kilmarnock will be up for it, and I'm gonna go a two-one Celtic. So the Alan McGregor tribute act failed to keep a clean sheet tonight as Paddy sweeps home a two-nil victory. Scotty, start pulling yourself together, mate. This is this is gonna get away from you quickly. Just like the real league season. <laughs> Plenty of games to go. You've been listening to the Boy and the Bear. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email suggestions at theboyandthebear at gmail.com or follow us at Instagram at boybearpod. Hail hail. Follow, follow. Cheers, boys. <laughs> <laughs>